From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Gail Leach, author of The Art of Pickleball, and here's the host of The Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. From the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, it is The Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Thank you for joining us this week. We're very pleased to be talking with a gentleman that I think has maybe the most unique perspective on pickleball of anybody. He is able to share the court with the best players in the country, even the best players in the world, but he also is able to get a higher view. Some people in corporate America call it the 35,000 foot view. He can see the game from high up and and see the the changes and the nuances as the game progresses, and he uh, is always a pleasure to talk with. From the Villages, Florida, it is is Jeff Shank. Jeff, thank you for joining us today on the Pickleball Show. No problem, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. So how's it been going in the villages lately? Fill us in on the pickleball scene down there. As always, uh, the pickleball scene here in the villages is always busy. Um, It's nice because we see before a lot of big tournaments, we have a lot of people that will visit us here in the villages to practice before the event. We had, uh, you know, the U.S. Open uh, several weeks ago. Tons and tons of people came here a week ahead of time, spent their time here practicing with a lot of their, their partners here in the villages and playing against some some really, really good competition here in the villages. So it's, it's not abnormal. Usually we get one or two people every week new to come here to the villages. Um, I always put it out on the, the forum. Anybody that would like to come to the village, Feel free to contact me. Um, I'll get you a free guest pass. You can come and and use our courts, play against some of the top players. You know, Brian Staub, Lydia Willis. We've got a lot. The the Elliots, Robin Jody Elliott. We've got so many good players here in the villages that you can hit the ball with. Yeah, that is definitely true. Now, what was your impression of the U.S. Open? Very, very, very impressed in a lot of ways and hoping that they'll be open to changing some other things. I really love the hype and the hoopla of the whole event. I mean, they just advertised it, got things going really well, getting the TV coverage. Um, They have right around 22 or so really beautiful courts there with a nice, what I was explaining to, it's a a five-layer surface, which is a nice cushiony surface. You can actually push up and down on it and feel it give just a little bit, which is supposed to be really good for the knees. Um, There was a huge number of exhibitors selling their pickleball stuff there. That was really neat. I took advantage of, of, I had some shoulder problems at time. They had two chiropractors there in a free massage booth. I went and took advantage of that. Uh, The one chiropractor worked for about 20 minutes on my shoulder really got me feeling a lot better. That that was really top notch. Their bathrooms are closed. That you know doesn't seem like something that's really important, but it is nice. Well, uh, yeah, it's one of those. Know, yeah, it, when you're yeah. there, yeah, it's very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You yeah. know, you don't have to go a long way and go to Portage Johns, or you know, have to to walk five minutes each way, especially if you're called on the court to use the facilities. They had a beautiful, beautiful center court surrounded by um, on three sides by. Um, bleachers and on one end by a, a VIP tent. So that was, was really, really neat. Some of the things that I really didn't like that I'm hoping that they'll consider changing was it, it was not true double elimination in many, many of the events. And I just think if you don't have perfect seating, 
if you're not able to feed the teams really perfectly, it kind of detracts from the whole atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hit or miss with referees. Only about two-thirds of my matches had referees. They did make their refs, initially made their refs use a, what's called the refereezy. It's a flip thing that shows the score, which is really nice for spectators. But in my opinion, it slows the tempo of the game down. And also, there's a lot of referees. I know a lot of the referees here from the villages did not referee because initially they were making them use that refereezy. And a lot of them just weren't familiar with it and just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So referees were a big issue. In my medal match, we didn't have any line judges, which is kind of not the best thing. One thing that they certainly can't, well, they they could change if they did a, a different time of the year, but it was hot down there. I mean, it was the surface of the courts down there was really, really, really hot. Well, I was going to ask you about the court surface. In addition to the heat, you mentioned that the court surface had some give to it and it was good for your knees. But did any, anybody feel that that changed the bounce of the ball at all? I personally didn't. The first time that I, that I walked out on the court, we went down a day early to, you know, to practice with my partner and all. And my partner got there a little bit before I did and said he thought that the ball didn't bounce quite as high. But me personally, I I really didn't notice any difference at all. And I think, you know, once you played a a game or two, if there was any difference, I don't think it was really noticeable or affect your game. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they did decide at the last minute to use the, the Dura 40 ball which is basically what everybody has been using for outdoor tournaments. For a while, they were going to use a different ball. Right. You know, about 22 of the courts were really nice and close to each other, but the other half of the courts were really spread out. You really had to walk a long ways to get to those courts, and a lot of those courts had a lot of lines on them, basketball lines, not just tennis lines, but basketball lines and, and temporary nets. That was, wasn't really, really good. Uh It was expensive. You know, if you wanted to play in the pro event, which I just opted not to do because it was really, really expensive to get into that. You did get a gold pass, which included some meals, but I'm not really sure how many people wanted to play all day in that heat and then five o'clock go in a hot tent and eat a meal. You know, it's a lot nicer to, you know, to finish at five (laughs) o'clock, maybe change your shirt, go into an air conditioning restaurant and get a really nice meal that way. So, but those were kind of the pros and the cons of the event. It was their first year, um, you know, hoping that they'll change some of those things to, uh, to make it a little bit better for the players. If you were made the tournament director, would you scoot it back into March? Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, our first year or two of our pro exhibition here in the villages. We did it in April. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of people from Washington State and Oregon that just weren't used to the heat. And, you know, they had a hard time going the whole day. So we, we moved our event from April to March strictly because of the heat. Mm-hmm. And I do understand, you know, that Naples is a big tourist area. Here in Florida, most of the people, a lot of the snowbirds or the, the tourists leave at the very end of March. Yeah. So April's probably a bit an easier spot for them to push their event, get more hotels. And able um, to, yeah, to get better rates for hotels because yeah. there's less occupancy yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure there's a balancing yeah. act to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted to touch on something, too, that came up a few episodes ago. We were talking with Matt Staub, and I was asking Matt about a certain shot. And if you watch videos of of the top players in the in the tournaments you'll know what this is it, it's a shot where they're they're standing at the kitchen and then they dart over kind of catty corner and now they're standing 
over on the sideline. They're they're beside the kitchen. They're almost right where the post is. And that way they can reach in and kind of take away the line. And I said to Matt, I said, I don't know what that shot is called, but he said it's called an Ernie shot. But he didn't know, you know, why it was exactly called that, or at least I, or maybe I forgot to ask him why it was called that. Uh, I got a bunch of emails and texts and people saying, "What was that? Why, you know, why is why is it that called that?" And I thought, well, if there's one guy who knows, you know, where that name came from, it'll be Jeff Shank. And I texted you, just thinking, well, he'll know where it came from. But little did I know. You actually coined the term. You made the name up for that shot. And I wanted to go ahead and and answer the question for everybody here. Why is that shot called the Ernie shot? And how did you come up with that name? Sure. Um, Well, at the 2010 Nationals um, out in Arizona, I was watching a match out there with partners Coach Mo and Phil Bagley. They were playing together. I believe it was in the 35-plus age division. Mm-hmm. And they were playing against a uh, Washington State player named Ernie Perry and his partner. And I watched at least five times Ernie Perry did this shot effectively against Coach Mo, where he would jump, like you said, to the outside of the non-volley zone. Mm-hmm. And Coach Mo would, would dink the ball back, and Ernie would be standing there and just blast the ball for a winner right back at Coach Mo, and he did that at least five times. And I asked people, well, you know, what's, what's that player's name? And, you know, his name was Ernie Perry. So we just kind of coined the shot, the Ernie shot. We had never seen that before. We had never seen anybody do that shot before. I'm sure that, it, you know, maybe out in Washington State or whatever, it, it was much more common, but I had never seen it before. So that's kind of how it became known. I guess we started talking about it as the Ernie shot. I put a couple videos online of, of the shot. And so we started calling it the Ernie shot. And I guess it just kind of took off nationwide that way. Went viral and now it's officially called the Ernie shot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how things like that take off. Now, I saw one of those videos that you, you put up um, and there was a guy demonstrating it. It was just a few seconds long, wasn't even a minute long. And he, he he did that shot and then he did another shot right at the end and it clipped off and he called it like a roof shot or something where he put his paddle he was standing there and he almost and he was standing right next to the post but he put his paddle over the net and he was saying next I'll show you the roof shot where I just put a roof on it and I don't, I don't know if you remember that or not oh. That that may have been a long time ago. It was. From, it was, it was 2010, from, 2011. From I, but I don't think that's legal to go across the net and hold your paddle. Right. It, it's not anymore, and that's what we call the Timothy Nelson rule, where Timothy Nelson was playing against uh, Enrique, um, a singles match several years ago out at Nationals, and the ball dribbled over the net on the Timothy side, and you know he had to go into the non-volley zone and get the ball back. And, of course, in singles, that leaves a whole lot of space open. So he dinks the ball back right ahead to Enrique, who was standing in front of him. After he did that, he put his paddle across the net to kind of distract Enrique, and then Enrique hit the ball cross-court into the net and lost the point. And at that time, when that happened, there was no rule about you crossing the plane of the net. And that's why, you know, the USAPA is very good about anytime there's not a rule against something and then somebody starts exploiting that rule, they're very good at closing that rule. Another good, very good example is, is Enrique Ruiz, who is ambidextrous, went out a couple of years ago 
to play with a paddle in each hand. <laughs> and they told him he couldn't do that. And he says, well, show me in the rules where I can't do that. That's why the USAPA came out with a rule that says you can only use one paddle. So they're very good at closing those loopholes when players are smart enough to go ahead and try and take advantage of them. Yeah, that roof shot is not legal today. Well, you can cross you can cross the plane of the net any time that you're that you're striking the ball legally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're you're running forward, you know, sometimes you'll run past the, the plane of the net. Mm-hmm. Or if you do the, the Ernie shot, your your follow through can, you know, as long as you wait until the ball comes on your side. Well, that's what, yeah, that's the, the distinction is that right. the ball, the ball has to be on your side. The only time right. is when it bounces on your side of the court and then bounces back over to their side without them touching it. You can, at that point, touch the ball on their side of the net, but otherwise it's got to be coming from your side. Right, and you, you mentioned the roofing. I mean, the only I've never seen that on video or, or anything. However, I've heard that that's actually how Ernie Perry used to do this shot. He would he would dink the ball back to straight ahead to his opponent. Then he would move physically around the post mm-hmm. onto the opponent's side of the post. And before they could dink the ball back, he would just put his paddle 12 inches right above the ball when they were striking it. So as soon as they struck the ball, dink the ball back, it immediately hit his paddle and went back down. That's when the USAPA started saying, well, you can't hit the ball until <laughs> yeah. it's come onto your side. So All right. again, yeah. it's, it's just a matter of somebody exploiting the rules where there was no rule and then the USAPA closing that loophole. It's great to have not only the, the USAPA, but uh, you know also an in, in international federation, uh, I guess uh, that polices things as well. Pickleball mm-hmm. is taking off internationally. It's uh, growing all over the world. And I know that you've had a chance to play pickleball in, in other countries, and, and you're also going to give other people a chance coming up soon to play in a country other than the United States. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, my wife and I went last year to Spain as a coach of a nine-day tour of, it's both a tour of the, the Spanish countryside that's included in the tour, and every day we played pickleball. So in the morning we'd play pickleball, and in the afternoon we'd We'd get on a tour bus and travel the countryside and go to some absolutely amazing places there outside Madrid, Toledo, and uh, other places. And we'll be doing it again this year, September 6th. My wife and I are, are doing the tour again. We just loved it so much last year, and we decided to, to do it again this year. It's, it's called Viva Pickleball Tours. People can look it up uh, online. They have three tours this year. Hopefully, they'll pick mine, which is September 6th. Okay, sounds good. We'll link to it in the show notes. That'll be vivapickleballtours.com, and we'll put the link in there uh, to your tour that comes up in September 6th. What else uh, have you observed lately in terms of just the, the pickleball scene overall? Any any new trends, either equipment-wise or strategy-wise? Anything that's uh, popped up? If I still recommend your blog, uh, which is pickleballstars.blogspot.com, to people as the best resource for free pickleball information. Your tips and strategies in there are just, uh, they're so well presented. Well, one thing I'm excited about is um, I'm right in the middle of doing a free video, which I'm going to put on YouTube for people to look at it. It's going to have 115 pickleball strategies. And then there'll be about 20 different drills. 
for people to practice with. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in learning strategies and practicing shots by using drills. People can look for that probably in about another two or three weeks. That'll be on YouTube. And again, it'll be free. It'll probably be close to two hours long. I guarantee people are going to have to watch it two or three times because there's so many strategies on there that it's going to be a little bit hard to, to grasp everything all at once. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do the best one-stop shop to learn about pickleball strategies. And a lot of the strategies are, you know, you talk about me being a student of the game. I'm very, very fortunate because of the fact that we put on the, the pro exhibition and we've got so many top players here in the villages. A lot of the top players know me. Certainly, I'm not a top player, but a lot of the top players know me. And because of that, I get to watch them. I get to play with them. Um, I get to learn from them. I get to watch them teach. You know, Timothy Nelson's been here in the, in the villages. I've probably watched 50 hours of lessons given by him, given by other people. And, you know, I'm, I'm just like a sponge. I like to absorb all that knowledge mm-hmm. and then, you know, come up with, with some things on my own and then, you know, put that back out to the community. So it's, it's a great resource for people to, to help improve their game. One other thing that, that I've seen lately is just there's so many good young players coming into the sport. It, it's just, it's unbelievable. You get like Sarah Ansbury. Yeah. You know, she is full-time teaching pickleball now. She was here in the villages for our pro exhibition. Just a, a phenomenal player. You know, a year ago, I'd never even heard her name. You know, she went out to nationals, took first in, in uh, you know, women's doubles, an incredible player and an incredible instructor. And that's kind of what the movement is nowadays. You know, all these young, very, very talented, athletic tennis players and people from other sports coming and finding how great and fun our sport is and then moving into, into pickleball. Yeah, she is amazing, and she's really made this her year, not only uh, at Nationals, but uh, LeMaster Davison dominated there, went to the U.S. Open, dominated there in so many categories, and I'm certainly looking forward to meeting her and and sharing the court with her at Pickleball Summit coming up in Charlotte in July, and I know a lot of other people are as well. Well, I look forward to checking in with you uh, as often as we can, and uh, we will definitely, when that video is available, that sounds sounds like an amazing resource and we will definitely link to it and shout from the mountaintops that it is out there and make sure that everybody has access to it and i can probably just go ahead and say right now on behalf of everybody thank you so much for doing it and and making it a free resource uh because i think you're gonna help a lot of people around the country and around the world just like you did with your blog i think this is going to be the next step and uh, probably take it up to the next level in terms of uh, being the best free resource out there for people who love to play pickleball like we do. Thank you very much for that. I mean, I'm very, very fortunate, I feel, in having found this sport and, you know, being so immersed in it and having so much local competition that I can play against. I get a lot of gratification. I go to tournaments and people say, oh, you know, you're Jeff Shank. I love the videos that you put out. I, you know, I love the, the teaching that you do. And, you know, like I say, everything that I do is I don't charge for. So it's nice to give back to a sport that you really, really, really feel passionate about. Well, you certainly have. And thank you for giving us your time today. And we look forward to talking to you again, Jeff. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. That is Jeff Shank from the Villages, Florida, his blog. And it is still must-reading, pickleballstars.blogspot.com. We will link to it in the show notes. And another gentleman who lives in the Villages is Coach Mo. We talked to him just a few episodes ago, and he mentioned that his new multiple DVD set, Percentage Pickleball, would be available 
available soon. Well, you know what? It is now available. It is on sale at pickleballcoach.com. That's pickleballcoach.com. But wait, there's more, as they say on uh, infomercials. If you are a PBX Club member, and yes, it is free to be a member, you will get $5 off the new Percentage Pickleball DVD set. Just look for the discount link in your email. The $5 discount is only good for the month of May. Check your email inbox and you will save $5 off the new Percentage Pickleball DVD set. What? You say to me, Chris, I'm not a PBX Club member. I can't save the $5. Well, you can become a PBX Club member. It is totally free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. You don't need a credit card. All you need is an email address. You sign up, you'll get that. You'll also get the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches, Coach Mo. Deb Harrison, Prame Carnot, they've got tips that'll take your game to the next level. Go to freepbxclub.com and enter your address, become a member, and start saving money today. I'm Chris Allen, this is the Pickleball Show, and until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.